Hello, and welcome back to The Watchman Watchers, a podcast covering HBO's Watchmen, brought to you by the fan critical lads, otherwise known as the lovely, lovely three, three minute, minute men. men. Boys. Yeah, three minute men. men sorry. Uh, well, yeah, so I'll introduce you. Gareth, yep. you are one minute man. Say hello. Hello. Thank you. John, you are another minute man. Say hello. Hello. Hello, John. And I'm Len, your third Minute Man. And together, we are the Three Minute Men. And we are here to go through episode seven of HBO's Watchmen titled An Almost Religious Awe. Mm. Mm. Wow, what an episode, eh? What an insane episode. There will be spoilers for everything that's happened in Watchmen up to the, the end of episode seven. So mm. if you haven't watched it, go watch it right now and come back because there's a bit of a bombshell at the end of this one. Um, and something that I don't think any of us saw coming. John, uh, I'm going to come to you first here. Mm. Obviously, we were hot, or you were very hot, on the <laughs> Hooded Justice stuff. I mean, I was I was pretty hot on it as well, but, you know, I wasn't in that podcast, <laughs> but definitely called it as well. Mm. Um, yeah, did you? So, what, did, you, did, did you see this one coming? Did you see this one coming? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was pretty obvious, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> 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 I wish I had done. Um yeah, a bit mad, isn't it? Could you imagine? Imagine that as a call. Imagine that, if you'd said that a couple of episodes ago. Do you know what, though? I reckon... Do you know what? Go on. Like, in hindsight, you look at him and you think, well, he's a bit muscly, isn't he? And in a way, <laughs> I'm thinking there's a, a muscly blue fella underneath that. So, there you go. Yeah. Bit mad, wasn't it? Yeah. Bit mad. It was mad. Uh, what, what would your blueberry score for this episode b john please explain the blueberry system and then also mm. just uh talk, talk to me about your general <laughs> thoughts bro okay bro um so a blueberry system scale um an analytical uh, metric device thing i'm trying to make it sound cool mm. like it belongs to true industries or something it's- it's sophisticated. It is a sophisticated system. Pretty sophisticated. Um, you can have zero bloobs all the way up to five, but there can be no half bloob. So mm. the last two episodes, I think I've given five bloobs to. Correct. We've we've both we've all done that actually. It's been a um, it's been a home run for the last few mm. episodes. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a pie that is <laughs> frothing with bloobs. Too many, if anything. And to be honest. If we yeah. were gorging on this many bloobs every week, probably be in the hospital or something because I don't think it's healthy. Um, no. I'm going to give this one four bloobs. Um, okay. I I mean, look, I think the ending skews things a little bit because it's, mm. uh, for the most part, it's it's a good episode. There, there are some things that annoy me and... and We'll go into those, but I mean, the ending is just like fucking hell. What's going on here? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be honest, okay. I mean, none of us saw that fucking cow was Doctor Manhattan, but we have always looked at him and thought he's a bit of a weird casting. His character just seems a bit like yeah. He's just uh, overpowered. Yeah, you know, we looked at him and we thought mm. it's quite cool that. You know, he's this big muscly man and yet he's not worried about Angela at any point. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they've cast him because, you know, he's this big guy, he's big muscly guy. And, you know, it makes her look better. And yet here we are. Mm. You know, he's a big blue fella. So should have seen it coming, but we didn't. Um, Yeah. 
we should have. And now we can look back at things in interesting ways. The the bit where, and we didn't really talk about it actually, but the bit where he was so like cutthroat with the kids um, in terms of heaven. Yeah. And he was like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't yeah. doesn't exist. It's all nonsense. It's all make-believe like Father oh, yeah. Christmas yeah. and the Easter Bunny. And you're like, whoa, 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 don't say that. Um, and you're like, <laughs> fuck, you know, that, that is a bit ruthless. And then you just think, well, you know, society's moved on from Jesus. But now it does make sense because he's obviously jealous of Jesus because he's Dr. Manhattan. So there you go. <laughs> Fact. Okay. Um, a very, very good point, John. And uh, it's, a, it's a big moment again because Gareth, for the second week in a row, has got a little notepad. Ooh. He's He's written down his thoughts. Dangerous. This is going to be dangerous. Go on, Gareth, take it away. I mean, He's I'll, literally holding it up like a three-year-old would. Yeah. Let's go. Well, what I would say is um, it's on the same page as my notes from episode six. <laughs> so they're, they're not in depth. Um, all right. So I... Uh, He's struggling. I, struggling to read that, his own what's writing. That, what's that word say? <laughs> in, enjoyed. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this episode um, as well. Mm. Um, it was Good. exposition heavy, yeah. which um, normally I would find a problem. Like I, I personally really do find exposition read mm. dialogue. Yeah, I struggle with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought that actually a lot of it was kind of needed at this point in the show. It was it was important for us to for it to to get us up to speed. Um, and it's done pretty cleverly as well. You know, like the tutorial drug. Gives you a lot of exposition. Yeah, that was and, cool. Yeah, um, it's a cool way of doing it. Or like uh, Laurie Blake sort of taking the piss out of Pete, PT slash Lube Man um, for being so expositionary <laughs> in yeah. a way. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, uh, shout out for the music in this episode in particular. Actually, like some amazing versions of um, a couple of songs. Like every time you go away. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Yeah, lovely stuff. Life on Mars at the end. I love that. Um, might make an appearance later. Mm. Um, it was very cool to see American Vietnam. I really liked seeing that, although I don't know if they did that as well as they could have. It felt like a little bit of a missed opportunity. I wanted to see a bit more um, of it. Sure you will. Um, there was a beautiful globe, and you know how I feel about globes. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Good. Um, and it, it, Generally, the episode sort of slowed things down, which I thought was important before massively speeding them up. Um not a perfect episode, but it was another excellent episode of TV. This show keeps going well. You just trust it. You trust that it's going to do the right thing um, and it's going to stick the landing. That's that's um, what this this show. That's what Lindelof is doing at the moment. I'm giving it. I'm giving it four bloobs as well. Ooh, yeah, we we're tender hooks there. Um, mm, tender hooks. I've got a reputation, haven't I? <laughs> hype, hype, hype. <laughs> I get a bit excited um, and then I get very excited when I get to score episodes sometimes. Um, I've been saying for a while that uh, this season I wanted to see more of the 51st state, more of Vietnam. Average film. Two blues. (laughs) I loved it. I was so happy that we got this, this episode, we got to see that and they used the device of the nostalgia from last week so cleverly to mix up the memories of Angela and Will. Mm. And it was like, it was last week, this is like a lighter version of what happened last week, like where you're getting some, you know, regular story stuff, but you're also getting the mashup of the dreams and the memories. And I, I, lo- <laughs> and I love that. Um, 
And Lindelof's done that before, you know, he, he loves flash cuts. He loves like flashbacks, lost, leftovers, did this all the time. Um, and it is, it's such a good device for him to tell a story. Mm. Um, I thought there was so many major leaps in terms of the narrative and some of the show's great mysteries, which we've been like, oh, what's he doing with that? And they literally just told us this episode, essentially, yeah. what the plan is. And I think that's important to just get that out of the way, go, this is what's going to happen. Well, this is what they want to happen, and let's move on from that, uh, and let's solve move some of these on. mysteries. Yeah, move Get on. Get on God. with it. Um, God. And, it make, and the, <laughs> let's face it, the reveal at the end is mental. Like that is funny. insane. Which and it, one? Yeah, it's funny. It's crazy. It's so out there. It makes us look at Angela in a completely different way. I mean, when you look back at the episodes now, like when uh, little Topher's playing with his little castle that he's yeah. mimicking of, you know, all, all the stuff about Manhattan that she's mentioned before. Um, mm. And now even her connection to Laurie Blake, because they've obviously both slept with Dr. Manhattan. Yes. They've had very in-depth relationships. That's why she doesn't like Laurie Blake. That's why she doesn't like Laurie Blake. So I love a lot of that stuff. It's so fascinating. And I have to say it, this is the first time in, in, in fan critical history this has ever happened. Hi. Um you can't give six blueberries. That's, no, no. You're getting 11 impossible. bananas, aren't you? <laughs> but what <laughs> I can do, uh, you can't eat more than 10, apparently. No. And that is, that's a, they say it's a fact. Although I've got a mate back home who's eating eight and he said he's all right. So <laughs> anyway. He's dead, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's not is because it? of the bananas. So, um, <laughs> But what I will say is I'm going to give it five blueberries. And it's the third episode in a row I've given five blueberries. Mm. And that is the first time that's happened in any show we've ever ever covered. Have yes. you gone back through? Have you kept yeah. track of that? For this, I went back through our other 200 podcasts <laughs> and listened to them all. No, this is, uh, I thought it was excellent. And um, yeah, I got some issues with some of the exposition, Gareth. And I, you mm. know, but I, I do think it was necessary. And because it's so fucking weird at times. I just let it go because I was like, well, that was so fucking weird. If you didn't explain it to me like that, I wouldn't have got it, to be honest with you. Mm. So um, I really enjoyed it. And I think Lindelof is at the height of his powers. And if he doesn't come back for season two, I'm going to be a bit gutted, to be honest with you. So uh, let's hope he does. Now, before we jump into the plot, a quick little advert selling our wares to you all. Hmm. We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. Hello there. Yep, quick advert again. And uh, it's much of the same sort of stuff, to be honest with you. So you could go listen to the other <laughs> adverts hell. or, you know, just stick around for 30 seconds for this <laughs> one. Uh, John, could you just give an impassioned plea for people to subscribe, review and share this podcast, please? It's asking a lot. Yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, there are quite a lot of people now that talk to me on, on Twitter. So... You know, very nice. Uh, welcome. I guess um, I'd quite like to see some of these people, you know, make a little bit more of an effort to talk us up on <laughs> iTunes. Now, I'm not asking for the money because obviously, you know, that that's a step too far for a lot of you. And when we decide to pack this up because we're not mm. making anything, you, you know, you're going to kick off, aren't you? But don't, don't be messaging me on Twitter or <laughs> Gmail or whatever. Certainly not Gmail. I don't read it anyway. So more for you. All I'm saying is, tell some people that you like it. Don't tell me that you like it. I know that you like it. God, <laughs> tell other people. That's all we're asking yeah. for. So, you know, you do the math. Excellent. 
That's yeah. from the. That's that, from John's that, a salesman. Yeah, so that's his pitch. I think that was very good, John. Thank you. And that came from a deep place, mm. and that's what I like. Dark, um, a deep dark place. Okay. Well, um, I'll quickly plug some things, and then I'll throw over to Gareth. So we've just had a, a review of Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, starring Ewan McGregor. Um, that is out on our fan critical channel. And if you would like to do that right now, stop what you're doing to type in fan critical on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Subscribe to that. That's our main channel. Everything goes on there. So you'll mm. never miss a thing. Nothing. Yeah. Podcast Wouldn't addict. Miss the Joker pod that we did. One, yeah. That, well that's a, an app as <laughs> well. You, yeah, good. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, so yeah, fan critical. Go over there, subscribe. Because when Watchmen's over, and you still, if you still want to hang out with the Minutemen, because, you know, we, we cover other stuff. Mm. Watchmen's over in like two weeks, guys. I, what are we going to do? All so sorts of if stuff. you miss us and you miss our <laughs> lovely voices and me bullying Gareth occasionally and John being grumpy, then when? all you need to do is go to Fan Critical and subscribe. <laughs> no, honestly, he has bullied me. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped that. I made him write notes for a change. Yeah. Um, Gareth, and I'd, I'd like you just to, to talk about our Patreon quickly. Gareth, how, what, what would you say to get people to give us some, some sweet dollary dues? Well, apparently he turned into a little robot, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was you've got a, you just I, I did notice that we've had a couple of robot listeners come through so I thought I'd just give him a quick shout out we enjoy we enjoy Patreon um no you've got to pay for it first mate um mm. we have hacked Patreon no stop it so don't hack Patreon just go on there and pay a little bit of money um mm. even just five five bucks five American bucks mm. Yeah, um, will get you access to our cast it episodes. Now they are excellent fun. I'm not going to ask Len to to pitch that because he does a horrible job and makes it sound every week. I do it badly. <laughs> it sounds so dull. It's really enjoyable. If you like to see us recast a movie, then pay five dollars. <laughs> do you know what? No, don't do, no, but do. I've uh, got a little. I haven't really considered that we got robot listeners, um, but I got got a little <laughs> got a little joke for them. So okay, yeah. Knock knock. Who's there? Who's there? Uh, zero zero one one zero one zero zero one. Yeah. Now zero zero one one zero one zero one. Who? No. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how it goes in robot world. But they are pissing themselves at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit of binary gag for them. So, you know. Excellent. Very See, lovely. Something for everyone. Like most of John's humour. Thanks for that, John. And 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 thanks for Gareth's impassioned plea. Just go. <laughs> Didn't even give me the web address. Here we go. This is the worst advert ever. Go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical. That's patreon.com forward slash fancritical. Check it out. Just did a misery cast it. We've got a diehard cast it coming out in the next day or so. Uh, and we we love our Patreons. So, um, uh, yeah, be, become a Patreon. That's that's all we have to say. Uh, goodbye to our robot listeners. I think you'll probably be switching off now after John's offensive binary joke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's jump let's jump into the plot of uh, episode 7 of HBO's Watchmen. I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. So, guys, we start the episode with Angela, and she is having uh, some vivid uh, flashbacks or memories coming to her thick and fast. And the first one we see is her in Vietnam as a little wee nipper, 
and uh, she grabs the videotape uh, Sister Night. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was quite nice off the bat. You sort of know where you are. Do you know, and, this, you know, you know yeah. in, a, in a show like this, when mm-hmm. you see like a rack of, of movies. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Did you do the thing where I, I was like pausing it and going, all right, what have we got? Yeah, well, it's let's save that because I reckon John's probably got some things to talk about there, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think there was anything d- there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's not a lot Dropped to talk about there. in uh, <laughs> Comic Corner, to be honest. So we will be focusing a lot on just that one scene. <laughs> Good, excellent. Um, I'll tell you what I do like this week, uh, and every week, to be honest with you, is the way that they always bring up the Watchmen title in a different different methods to do with like you know there was a radio signal there's been like the eggs there's been this like vhs thing and we got this really cool little um really retro video of dr manhattan which was cracking me up i loved it i absolutely loved it um they made him what did you think about that john didn't they like (laughs) just some awkward guy walking around in a nappy like i was like what is this yeah why wasn't he strong well, that, that was cracking yeah. me up when he was. You saw the the helicopter shot of him in Vietnam, just blowing everything up. This I was is, like, he looks like. Um, is Manhattan pre gym? He's from the Blue it? Man Group. He's yeah. just walking around. Yeah. <laughs> where's his Where's his bin? Where's his bin that he's gonna? <laughs> put on his hands? To, if you ever seen Arrested Development, listeners, which I'm sure you have, it reminds me of when Tobias joins the Blue Man yeah. Group, and uh, he's just. Yeah, it's literally that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him. Actually, mm. it was cracking me up. Um, but this was cool, wasn't it? The 51st state. And, and, and I know, Gareth, you said you, you didn't really like what they did with Vietnam. I fucking loved it. No, no, what, what they did, I loved. It was just they didn't do enough. I, I would like to have seen more of it. I was mm. intrigued. Um, I think there's a, there's a big opportunity, really, to see, to maybe learn a little bit more about... Vietnam. How maybe insidious the mm. the, um, the the kind of... Or how deep the the resentment would have been with the Vietnamese? But it's like, not. It, it, oh, I think I think it is. There, there's, you know, so some giant blue guys come and just destroyed them <laughs> yeah. on, in the name of America. I mean, <laughs> well, Gareth, they can't be delighted about it. Well, I don't want to spoil John's comic corner, but I'm the pretty, title pretty the sure show. the title of the episode mm. is related to something that Doctor Manhattan specifically says mm. about the uh, the Vietnamese yes. after the conquest. So but, I'll save that for John. But it is interesting that they, you you you're t- touching on it there. Mm. This worship of Doctor Manhattan. Um, well, and, it's awe, but awe, awe is is this is. There's a fine line between awe and fear, um, mm. or often it comes from the same place. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think they're terrified of you. You're in awe of me, and you fear me, and that is something I've always thought. So you are right there. Well, you, you did come and destroy my country's people. Yeah, I've only been here fucking five weeks. Yeah, and look at them. Ruined it. That is, they are disheveled now. Ruined it. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that the guy running around with a fucking rucksack blowing up American soldiers has got some sort of resentment. <laughs> Otherwise, he is just a dick. No, yeah. he's in awe. <laughs> he's yeah. in awe. Yeah. Death to the Americans. I'm in awe of that blue fella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, yeah, you are right. Because uh, as, as uh, a young Angela wanders out into the streets... Uh, to see her parents, which is quite cool because we know that her dad is the little boy that was in yeah, that you know, was Will cool. Reeves' son. Mm-hmm. So, so we know he's all grown up. He's all gone grown up and that. <laughs> and uh, he, she, uh, she says, "Oh, can I watch this tonight?" And they're like, "Nah, I don't like costumed heroes because you know yeah. they're trying to hide something and you know they're scary." Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Then, like you said, rucksack fella. But blows it all up. Just just before that, and then well, um, what what's what's done really well, and I think you touched upon this in your bloob review, mm. is um, the way that now Angela's memories are sort of tainted mixed. almost or mixed with yeah. um, with with Will's memories. Mm. So the when when her dad is saying that, she's then flashing back to her dad as a kid. Yeah. Having the makeup wiped and, off by mm, yeah. Will Reeves, um, very good. Yeah. And also, we're, when she's looking around this crowd, she's seeing the Tulsa race riot yes. uh, that happened. So uh, she probably understands the oppression that the Vietnamese yeah, felt at that yeah. point as well. So it, that was just an interesting story story device that I loved. Mm. This intercutting between the memories and how well directed they are because they match up quite well. You know, mm. seeing this sort of stuff that's going on. But you're right, John. The backpack kid blows it all up, blows them up. Um, and this is how Angela lost her parents, which was pretty brutal. She, I mean, as, and as we go through the episode, I think we can talk about how she's had a pretty pretty rough time of it. Mm. To be honest with you, that has made her into the hardened character that we see today. But I feel like we don't even know Angela because the fact she's been lying to us all season. Um, <laughs> all right, mate. I found it very personal. I was why, personally why hurt. Why crying? <laughs> I was hurt because I, I just, I, I feel like we know her, but we don't know her. And uh, even getting this look into her past, I'm not I think sure. isn't the full story, obviously. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure that that bakery is actually ever going to open no mm. which is a shame because i bloody love bakeries yeah um, especially vietnamese ones tell you all right let's um let's leave vietnam for a second and join our probably our other favorite masked hero lube man uh as lube he man. tries to track down looking glass well unconfirmed well it's lube man tries to track down looking glass uh, finding his fallout shelter filled with bo- bodies of the uh, 7th Cavalry, but no sign of, of Looking Glass himself. Yeah. So w- I was very excited when I saw this because oh. I was like, thank fuck he's alive. Mm. Very relieved. Yeah. I would like to have seen it. You reckon we will? Oh, I think we will see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to, won't we? Um, but yeah, that that is good news. And thank you, well, John. You were right yeah, well, I did, all along. I did tell you, didn't I? Um you said, it, you said it'll be all right. Yeah, said it'd be we absolutely sure, fine. It was all right. Um, now, what do you reckon? Like, I look at that scene, and to be honest, it's just come to me now. So there might be something that just absolutely decimates this, and you know. And if it happens, yeah. so what? I've not planned for it. But the last time I remember seeing a room similar to that with bodies sprayed all over the place uh, was Ozymandias. So do you reckon? Yeah. The Ozymandias has saved Looking Glass there. I mean, that would be absolutely... I mean, John, if you call that, if that happens... You're very similar. Then I think you are in on the script. I'm going to say one step further. I reckon Looking Glass is Ozymandias. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's why they call no, him I, I, you Looking know Glass, yeah? What? <laughs> Oh God, no! I, uh, I, I actually quite like that, but I also think that the Ozymandias stuff. I'll, I'll come on to why I think he actually isn't around where we think he is just yet. Mm. So, uh, but there's a little theory with 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 Ozymandias that I'll come on to a bit later. Mm. Um, so, whilst this is going on, little l- nervous lube man is radioing Laurie Blake, yeah, um, and saying, <laughs> "Oh, what do I do? What do I do?" And she's like, "Look, shut the fuck up! I need to go do something." But she does that classic thing that everyone does in any TV show or film yeah. doesn't 
give their whereabouts, mm, no. you know, for some bizarre reason. Uh, so she goes to speak to Jane Crawford about her husband's death. Um, but as she's sort of explaining why she thinks the things are happening, like Cyclops is still a thing, because mm. obviously, as we referenced in the Petypedia last week, uh, Angela was talking through Will Reeves' memories. So mm. Blake heard it all. She heard about the Cyclops. She knows why he killed people, why he killed Crawford. Um, and as she's revealing this, she literally falls through a trap door. Which is hilarious. It was it? hilarious. Um, I didn't know what to think about that. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really good. But <laughs> It was so slapstick, though. I just It was a little out of place, wasn't it? It was a bit silly, I wasn't it? I don't know. If, I, I, no, I think, it, I think it works because um, the, only, the, the only concern I have is that Laurie Blake, as clever and switched on as she is, and as much as she's unraveled this puzzle... She probably should have been suspicious. Yeah, that's the thing. That I don't, she's always on the money. Yeah. But she had a really like off week or an off day this episode <laughs> because she's she's so fucking on it. Like, and yet she goes over there and she's like, yeah, um, I felt she was like trying to get the information out of her, yeah. like interrogate her. And maybe she was, but then she just got her bluff called by the other <laughs> person just going, I don't give a, f- actually, yeah, you've got it. I'm she- just going to trap door you now. <laughs> yeah, with a few presses of this. But then Lloyd <laughs> Blake. Like, what are you doing? Lloyd Blake's a fucking superhero, right? Yeah. Like, you know, she's been around the block. Not like that, John. I know what you're thinking. No, she has, I though. You're thinking she has, Jennifer though. Lopez. Yeah, she has, though. <laughs> she's, well, she has, in a way. Yeah. Um, but she, that woman's pressing that button like four times. Why has she not just got up and gone, well, obviously I'm going to stand up. You press this button at me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> do you know what Stop I mean? Stop pressing the button at she's me. Like, what, are you do- what are you doing? What are you what doing? Are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I think she was so baffled about what was up. And then she I was like, the audience. I like that she referenced it like when she was down there, she was like A little trap door. A trap door. Like <laughs> are you serious? Like I think it gets away with it because it takes the piss out of itself. Yeah, maybe. It, it it was it was yeah. It's just too much of her scenes. In fact, all of her scenes this episode are, are too like, oh, why is this happening? You can't just you can't just write in the script, yeah, just say, oh, yeah, this is a piss take and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, not every scene. Like, right, yeah. right I'm just at this place. I'm just going to leave my radio here. Sorry, where are you? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Go away, Luthan. <laughs> now I'm sitting on this fucking chair that's a trap door. Like, fucking hell, it's a bit much, isn't it? And then, and then yeah. fucking yeah. later on in the episode, you know, not to jump ahead too much, Oh yeah, go on, reveal mm. all your plans, blah blah blah, and it's like, oh, come on, that's too much for one episode. Well, let's talk about it now because actually, she's she's taken to the cavalry headquarters where Senator Joe Keane reveals that the Seventh Cavalry are indeed Cyclops. Yeah, but mate, they're not racist. So oh, no, nah, they're not. Ra- that's yeah. a good point. I love it. It's, it's the no, we're not racist. We're not racist nah. But but it is really hard to be a white man. <laughs> Um, so we did say last week John when you were asking the question about about the Cyclops symbol um, I said you know 7th Cavalry have the same thing so called it Uh, and he says the reason they no go back and listen to the episode because I I tell you (laughs) that it's the same thing and then you go and interestingly enough it's the same thing so I was more offended that you weren't (laughs) fucking listening so (laughs) yes you can't just say deluded, something after I've um, said it. It's, this is mental, honestly. Oh, go on then. Tell me all your plans, John. <laughs> Tell me all what's going to happen in the episode. Um, 
who says the reason they're doing it is because they feel that America, as Gareth said, is now too liberal and it's very difficult being a white man in America. Mm. Um, mm. So he wants to be blue. Yeah. <gasps> He's going to join the blue band group. <laughs> um, so the moment he said this, I was like, okay, so that's your plan then. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I didn't know they were going to capture Dr. Manhattan or try to, to capture Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But um, Silly plan. You know... I've thought this all along since, you know, since Veidt's plan to try and destroy uh, Dr. Manhattan is why has no one else tried to just do what happened to John Osterman? You know, um, it's, it's quite scary. I mean, it has mate. always interest. It's quite scary. Well, I know. Yeah. I know. But if, you know, you just you just think that someone like this fanatical group, it would have happened sooner than like 30 years in the future. So uh, it's very interesting to me. Um, did you do you like it, John? Do you like this reveal? Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Um, I'm kind of like I'm intrigued to see, not in a negative way, but it feels like we're covering quite a lot of ground ground now in the next two episodes, and it's like, yeah, uh, what would a what would a second season even look like? Well, we'll come on to that. We got some we got some feedback questions. Relating to that, so that we'll save that for the feedback. Uh, but let's go back to Angela in Vietnam, and we see that she's in an orphanage. She identifies the killer or the man who gave the bomb to the kid that uh, blew her parents up, mm. and she hears him get shot quite cold in that scene. She is, and uh, mm-hmm. it's then that she realizes she wants to be a police officer. She gets given the little police Saigon badge, which Gosh. is quite cool from the from the police officer. I tell you what's funny about this, though. Yeah, how like ugly evil scary they have to make this guy so that it's like yeah yeah do you remember it's definitely him like they should have just had him with yeah, like green yeah. hair and like one eye patch or something it's like is this the guy well, definitely because um, i definitely remember what he looked I like i think so <laughs> yeah there's nowhere to uh, get it wrong which can you just put the eye patch on the other eye for me just... it's him before yeah. after it's definitely him um it's good though wasn't it yeah very good point it was good, and uh, this shows how she started to become this cold sort of character that we know. Uh, mm. Her grandmother June then makes an appearance, which mm. I actually really liked because I was like, "Ah, oh, this is quite nice," and that also tied quite nicely into the to the to the flashbacks yeah. um, with the nostalgia from last week and some of the stuff that we saw. Um, you know, but unfortunately, Angela's luck sadly is not in, as just as she's been taken home to Tulsa. June suffers a heart attack yeah, and I, dies. I know this is. I I knew she was going to die, and I was like, "You can't kill her. You can't. You can't possibly kill her. That's too much for little Angela." Mm. Uh, but as she went behind the taxi, I was like, "She's going to get hit by a car." I thought that was what was going to happen. That as would well. have been ridiculous. That yeah. would have been stupid. But um, wouldn't it have been funny if just another backpack guy just <laughs> came out of nowhere? It was like, "Oh my god, death to America!" Oh and also this old woman for some reason because I'm in awe, <laughs> and it just like blew up. <laughs> <laughs> Why has he got green hair and an eye patch? <laughs> um, oh. But th- this moment's actually it's quite beautiful. It's got you know every time you go Sicko. away. Playing like a, um, it, it's sad. It was touching, and you know what I feel quite happy about is that we got to see a little bit more of June here because yeah. mm. last week I felt that her character got given a little bit of short shrift, to be honest with you, and uh, 
she was a lovely sort of elderly woman in this in this scene so caring towards angela obviously feels very distant from her family uh, mm. something she, oh it's a long way she, away she doesn't like her it's yeah but it's weird that her son like just distance himself from her that much mm. you know and, and i found it quite tragic in a way and she finally gets reunited with her granddaughter and then this happens and it was tragic but I thought June was very sweet and I loved seeing more of her character so I thought that was actually an excellent way mm. of giving us a bit more of a glimpse into June a bit more depth yeah 100% and it, and it was beautiful and it and it, you saw little Angela's face all light up when she knew she had a grandmother and stuff mm. like that it was, it was, it was a lovely lovely scene mm. uh, so I, I really enjoyed it and we got to see more of American Vietnam which I absolutely love and I, I know next week we're going to see more of it now let's talk about something that I feel that we we haven't really discussed a lot on the podcast because um, we just we just sort of missed it because there was a lot to talk about in the other podcast. But Bian, yes, um, who is the daughter or is she of Lady True? No, um, she's very creepy in this episode, isn't she? Uh, She has a conversation with Angela, giving her some sort of test, similar to like a Rorschach test in a way, Uh, trying to gauge empathy and emotion from a character like Angela is very interesting Uh, and to gauge whether she's lying or not, because now we know she's been lying, as I said to us all season, stop lying to us, Angela. But uh, it was a very interesting um, conversation. Right, John, did you like this? I I, I mean, I don't like the actress. Ouch. I I, I hate her, to be honest. Ouch, wow, this is why we get John, because he has well, strong opinions. And that's, you know, that's why he's in this podcast. She kind of reminds you know? me mm. of one of the kids that would have been in, like, the fucking Harry Potter series or something. Like, she's so annoying. Oh, though. she's not that bad. She isn't that uh, bad, mate. She you know Daniel Radcliffe? Well, he's a shocker well, in No, I mean, films. fucking hell, if Daniel Radcliffe was sitting as there... As long as like, those who are loyal to Dumbledore remain loyal to him, they will all be okay. <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. I can't watch those films. No, mate. she... Sorry. I just find her annoying. I thought the scene with her okay. with Cal, um, but yeah, when she's sitting there asking all those questions, I, I, honestly, I wanted Angela to just go, "Can you fuck off?" Like give her a little clip round the ear, yeah. like, piss off, man. You're really annoying. Well, the we find out a little bit more about Bian here, and the reason you might not like her is because she's not really a a child at all, John. She's actually. Lady True's mother. Mm. So when Lady True and Angela are having lunch, they have a frank discussion about certain things that are going on. Mm. Uh, Angela accuses uh, Lady True of slipping nostalgia to Bian. Bian is then revealed to be actually a clone of Lady True's mother who is being drip fed literally via IVF. Or not IVF. Sorry? (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What is it? In in vitro. No. She's been... Dripped, the nostalgia is being like pumped into her, pumped into her when she sleeps. And I shouldn't use the word pump, it's terrible. But no, she's got nostalgia going on. So we know that Lady True is trying to get both of her parents, talk to me about this guys, both of her parents there for the unveiling of this millennium clock, Mm. which is happening in four hours. Mm. Uh, So her mother is there in sort of young form uh, with some memories being, you know, spoon fed to her, shall we say. Um, what were your thoughts on this firstly? And then I'm going to ask you about the father. So let's talk about, let's talk about Bian. I just, I thought that, um, I mean, obviously she could be hiding her intentions, but Mm. if the reason is that she wants her mum around to see her do some good stuff. Yeah. It's quite sweet in a way. This is a bit much though, isn't it? Bollocks. I mean, I think Lady True is, is, 
is slightly crazy. Well, um, evidently, with some of the <laughs> schemes that she comes up with. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I just I didn't really I don't really buy this as a concept. Um, oh, I love it as a concept. I I just imagine I, that. Imagine this dystopian world in which you can clone yourself yeah. and then drip feed yourself the memories of your previous life but, to shape you into that person again. You just live forever recounting the same thing. I think it's fucking interesting. It's interesting. I just I just don't see the justification for it. Like this is a it's a pretty humans do what they can. They just if they can do it, they will do it. And that is what, you know, put that on a bumper sticker. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what long. that's what she's doing. She's got the power and capacity to do it. <laughs> too long, too long. Yeah, how big? John, you're not a fan, then, are you not? Um, no. I uh, so my bollocks was uh, at the idea that yeah, you know, she just wants her mum around to you know to see no bollocks. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Lady True was like also her mother or some shit and it's just the same person just over and over again like that that's the yeah. idea well there's always a twist with true you know, isn't there they, uh, and not only that yep, we, true, we yeah. hear that everything's always a lie her father's going to return shortly mm. well um, or is he already there well i've got a question for you all is and we've talked about the fact that um the comedian was potentially lady true's father mm. right john yeah but could we talk about the fact that it could actually be ozymandias yeah. and vite is actually lady true's father mm. uh, i've got a couple pieces of supporting evidence here um save me d is what we saw um you know when he spelt the the body message on the moon yep. not mm. the moon one of jupiter's moons and we thought that was you know save me dr manhattan and we did say that's a lot of corpses yeah, uh, that is a lot of corpses. You could yeah. have just said Doc. Yeah, yeah, Doc. Yeah. What is actually shorter than that is it could be Save Me Daughter, uh, because we know that That's Lady True long, has though, access to all of the. Yeah, <laughs> surely you just long, go Save yeah. Me has True. Access to, yeah, true. Save yeah, me. very good point. Save Me Bian. Well, let's let's go with Daughter. So, um, or his mate from. We know the that she's got D. access to all the satellites. <laughs> AD. Yeah. Um, we know that she's got access to all the satellites. We know that she's got the technology to do to see what's going on. Mm. Um, and, and, and it seems to me that, that that's the most logical outcome here is that Vite is the father of, of Lady True. And it makes sense in terms of inheriting the business and also trying to do something for the greater good, as mm. it were. You know what I mean? Sort of inheriting her father's storyline in a way, which I kind of like. So. She's got a statue of him. She got a statue of him, which, to be fair, he could still be in the statue because there was a very um, yep. interesting transition this this week uh, mm. of <laughs> of him at, at the trial and then to the statue. So that was fascinating. So, John, I think your statue theory is still on, mate. Mm. Well, you know. Oh, I've got a quick, quick correction from last episode. Oh, yeah, go yeah. on. You're banging on about um, Ozymandias being on Titan, which is indeed a moon of Saturn. Yeah. Um, he's probably on Europa. Yeah, Europa, yeah, heard or that. Or Io, maybe, but probably Europa. Yeah. Which is a moon of Jupiter. It is. Yeah. Well, well, you know what I like about that? Ago. The fact Jesus that... Christ. Can I just correct some stuff from episode Go on. one, then? Go on, then. <laughs> I said that Cal was, was Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay, so let's... Uh, we're talking about him, so let's 
let's get back to Jeremy Irons. Uh, and Europa's favourite resident. <laughs> Europa's favourite resident. Uh, so over on the moon of Europa, um, Vite is being put on trial by the game warden. Um, and it's safe to say that, that Vite has been taking this as a bit of a farce. This is a kangaroo court if ever I've seen one. <laughs> I'll tell you what though pigs. I was bloody impressed by Mrs. Crookshanks yeah she's she good she was good yeah. I was yeah. like okay so you give these Crookshanks and these Phillipses one year of being alive <laughs> and boy howdy they can do some good boy, stuff boy howdy they can um, it's been going on for a year this trial has been going on for 364 days uh, John did you like the courtroom scene I mean the Vite stuff is crazy mm. and it's just it's getting more ridiculous every single week I just where the only way they can go is just to bring him to earth now because there's nothing more they can do here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you know, I don't like it. You know, I don't. It's it's wearing a bit thin for me, to be honest. It's just a bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, if the next episode is just Vite just running around in the water with no clothes on, just like laughing for fifteen minutes, <laughs> and then that's it. It's just the end of the season. You'd be like, what's going on here, man? Honestly, it's um. Look, I mean, he farted in court. I mean, that's crass. I'm not not happy with that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did like. Uh, how maniacal the game warden was when he picked up the pig. And and to be honest, this is yeah. so mental. This that I genuinely thought the pig was going to go guilty, guilty. Like <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> so in a way, I'm disappointed. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting, I was sitting there thinking, I think the pig's going to talk or he's going to turn Vite into a pig. I was like, this storyline is so mental. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but obviously that doesn't right. happen. He's insane. Yeah, it's it's too no, much no. now. Like, they, they need to give us something. Like, I need to know what is going on here. This is just stupid, isn't it? Mm. I, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like him farting in court. I felt that was very <laughs> un-Ozymandias, mm. you know? Yeah. Um. Maybe it just shows how sort of crazy he's gone in the five years that he's been there because it is five years now. Or it might even be six. Mm. So um, in whatever time it is, if it's in the past or in the present, we don't know. Uh, but it was it was interesting. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I can't redo a Jeremy Irons impression this week unless I, you know, get up and fart. Get up and Please fart. Please don't. Gareth <laughs> looks very we're, concerned. We're in an enclosed space. We are, is, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, listeners. Um, let's hope that he's actually got some dialogue next week. Mm. You know, yeah, uh, that'd be quite nice. Well, we know that if he is, if he does have any dialogue, he's just going to be telling Porkies anyway. Ooh, Ooh good one. Hey. Ooh, good oh, one. Yeah, it's good. Got anything about bacon there, John? Or? Nah. No. John's at it. No, genuinely, he's no. lost his powers of puns. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so let's let's move on. As the opening of the Millennium Clock grows closer, Ham. Angela tries desperately to talk to her grandfather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was ham-fisted. Anyway, carry on. Oh, good. It took him a while. Um, Angela tries desperately to talk to her grandfather, Will Reeves, but as she breaks into what she believes is his room, she discovers... Now, we need to talk about uh, the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um... Now, at one point, when it, the camera started pulling back, yeah. I was like, "Is it a squid? Oh, it's a squid!" I, I was going. I thought it was a dinosaur. <laughs> I was like, "They brought back a dinosaur." <laughs> well, that would have been more mental, to be honest. No, with no, you. No, would have been like the more. triceratops scene out of uh, Jurassic <laughs> exactly, Park. Exactly. That's exactly. It's what just it. laying on its tummy as it breathes. 
<laughs> what the fuck is going on here? No, I thought it was going to be a squid. Um, I know you, you guys think I get quite excited about that. Okay. Actually, the other day, um, and this is how the podcast is actually affecting my life day to day. We were just at an engagement drinks, Gareth. And, you know, my girlfriend was still stood around there and she... She was just like blasé to people who I have never spoken to before. <laughs> yeah. Said, "Oh, it's so like that time you you said you watched tentacle porn." I was like, "What are you talking about? You cannot <laughs> say that in social circles yeah, but where there is no context." To be fair, I was also spreading that rumor <laughs> at the party. <laughs> so, luckily, you know they were all massive fans, and obviously of tentacle porn. Yeah. <laughs> you were so lucky that you're so lucky that this was an engagement party between one of one of my best friends and a squid. Yeah, yeah. otherwise it would have been um, weird. Yeah. Anyway, so stop saying that. No, all right, okay. <laughs> right. No, stop true, telling though. the girlfriend that you want to watch Tentacle Boy. I didn't. She listened to the podcast. Well, she's bought you a DVD. I saw that. <laughs> she's very supportive, which is what is great about her. Um, so this was this was just weird again. This was another moment of true madness, as I call it. Did you get an erection as soon as you saw that and thought it was a squid? No, of course I didn't. Then you saw it was an elephant. You're like, oh. oh, just instantly floppy. <laughs> then you saw it was a dinosaur and you just fucking inked everywhere. And then you were like, oh, actually, no, it's an elephant. This was bizarre. Um I, I did. I really enjoyed it, um, and I just want to know where Will Reeves is now. Where yeah. is he? Well, that's the thing. Like, he, as, he must want to talk. Yeah, as it was panning it, across, I was like, "Fucking hell, Will! He looks terrible." And I was like, "Oh, actually, no, <laughs> it's a fucking elephant." <laughs> I was like, oh, right, God. okay. And then when we said it was an elephant just now on the pod, you were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. it was an elephant." Yeah, it size of his ears. Ah, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then the pet elephant just went to them and went, guilty, guilty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, so that was just a little weird moment of in-universe madness. It's kind of um, just silly, though, isn't it? Like, obviously, it's the it's the cliche that, you know, you know elephants, elephants they always forget stuff, apart from if you stick a big tube in them. Um it's a bit mad that <laughs> this is in effect a big like memory card, I guess. Like that's that's what the elephant is, yeah. isn't it? <clears throat> Harvesting yeah. all these memories. It's weird that that elephant's had some weird dreams. Let's just say that. Mm. That's bizarre for that creature. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Angela, as she's as she's broken free of her room, uh, goes down to level zero and learns from <laughs> Lady True that uh, Manhattan phone booths supposedly connected to Mars, simply route to this facility. And True tells her Dr. Manhattan is never going to hear them because he's not on Mars. He's actually on Earth in Tulsa, disguised as a human, and that she plans to stop the Cyclops move- movement from becoming superhuman because they want to obviously become Dr. Manhattan. So mm. <clears throat> some, basically the whole plot of the show laid out here for us, unless we're being hoodwinked slightly. Um, that globe... Is beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful, Globe. I would like one. I would, I would really like one of those, please. Well, it doesn't have to be hooked up to the phone booths. Cause... If, if we get more Patreons, we might be able to get you one of those Globes. Right. And then that might cheer you up for this podcast. So Yay. that'd be good. Um, Even that, you think, then? that phrase that you've used there, hoodwinked. So I've watched this show so mm. much now that the, uh, all I think about is hoodwinked. Okay, so like hooded justice... And Cyclops mm-hmm. is one eye, isn't it? So, 
and then it, w- yeah. it winks. Oh I'm like, hood winked. What is yeah. hood eyes, cyclops? And I'm just like, would we see it coming? And it's just like, what is yeah. it's too much going on, Lin- honestly. If you, go and look at, if you go and look at John's bedroom now, <laughs> it's, it's like just full of like mad scribblings string on the wall. Connecting yeah. loads of dots yeah. everywhere. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just a pig with guilty written all over it. um no it's you're right john but but we're finally getting some answers here which is which is interesting and uh i like the fact that lady true was approached by will reeves and the interesting thing here is that no one believed will hooded justice so he's Mm. at some point gone to lady true and told her this plot and then she's backed him you know for almost like seven years or something stupid Mm. like that to try and build this millennium clock which we still don't know what it does no it it could be a giant mesmerizing device potentially. Mm. Oh, flashing lights! Yes. What do you think oh, about that? Yes. What do you think about that giant mesmerizing device? Because oh, we've good, seen though, it, it. him use it with the. That's, the, that's not well, good at all. Exactly. So, exactly. No. So this will but be interesting. It would be a know. very like backward way of look. You know, the only way to save humanity is to brainwash humanity into doing good stuff. But that's only ever going to go wrong, isn't it? You know, the, the racists are going to get hold of that, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so this was this was this was very interesting. And mm. Angela basically gets asked, "Why didn't you ask me who it is?" Mm. And I was like, mm. "Oh shit, it's Cal." Yeah. Like the moment she said that, and she talked about the amnesia earlier, I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Put two and two together, Alex. It's Cal. Mm. I know, like, um, He's or Len. Boss. Sorry, don't, I shouldn't call myself my other name. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I know this is stupid, but I got really excited at that point because I was like, I'm going to blow the boys' minds and tell them <laughs> I know who it is. And I went and showed you at the end of the episode. And they ruined it. She literally they goes home. Of glory. Yeah, you're right, Gash. She mm. goes home and she picks up a hammer uh, and bashes his head in and removes a small disc shaped like the Manhattan symbol. Mm. And then we see this blue glow and mm. she says, hey, baby. It's been a while or whatever. We're uh, in trouble. And I was just like, oh, shit. Mm. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but They've just I, redone I, him. So. Yeah, but yeah. I, I like the fact that, okay, so much like Gaz, I was like, oh, fucking hell, it's going to be Cal. And then she goes home and yeah. I'm like, you, you still kind of question yourself where she's like, look, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to smash your head in now with this hammer. You're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? I was just reading the book a second ago. What's going on here? Um, so you're like, has she just gone mental? I like the idea that I didn't see it coming, that she she already knew that it was Dr. Manhattan, mm. not like this. You know, who are you really actually, Cal? Um, so that was good. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously he just no, fucking it was smashes good. It was his good. head. I'm like, oh my word. Disgusting. I know, that was brutal. Did you, did you, guys, it, you, know, did you guys at any yeah. point think that when she started digging his scalp open that it would, mm-hmm. he would just be a normal guy and she just fucked it up. 100, 100% because uh, I was worried a little bit about that after he didn't just reveal Blue straight away when she bashed him the first time. Mm. I was a bit like, you know, Lindelof might be playing with us here, like this idea that she has been on these weird, crazy drugs mm-hmm. that have affected her and it is within the realms of possibility in this universe that she is acting out of character mm. yep. and seeing things that aren't necessarily there. Yeah. So there was a little worry for me, but the fact that then it was revealed and you see the blue glow, it was kind of like 
the blue glow to me, the, the shot was very interesting. It was Angela like, looking down at us and then saying like, you know, it felt like she was talking to us in a way. Like, oh, you're, you're hi. You're Dr. Manhattan. Mate. Yeah, well, I could be. Um, same size, definitely. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's fine. But uh, it was like she's talking to us a little bit um, and saying like, look, he's been here all along, guys. Like that. Yeah, and you I was idiots. kind of like, you, you it was, yeah, idiots. it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that to me in a way, which I actually really enjoyed. It was like breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Mm. Um, And it it was great. And I just think this gives so many possibilities for the final two episodes now. Um, I just want to know how the fuck everyone knows Cal is Dr. Manhattan. Mm. How the fuck do they know that? Oh, is Cal, is the actor that played Cal going to play Dr. Manhattan? I think so. No. I think, okay, well. I hope so, because I like him. No. I think next week we're going to see... We're going to see the backstory of how they met and yeah. all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised be if we good. see that because that, that has to happen now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I love the reveal and you boys both love the reveal. Yeah. Yeah, it was Great. good, wasn't it? Well, that's lovely. absolutely mental. Imagine watching that at fucking 5am this morning. I was like, Jesus, man. Yeah. Got to go to work now. Well, I messaged you guys straight away just going, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> and then I replied saying, can you stop doing that? I haven't seen it yet. And then, and then yeah. I replied with, and then like, <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> and then five hours later, I replied with, whoa. Yeah. All right. Guilty, well, guilty. That's been... <laughs> guilty. <laughs> uh, good. Um, that's been the plot of this episode, episode seven, um, with the crazy reveals. I hope we've broken it down well enough for you if you would like to let us know your thoughts you can get in touch with us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com we will have a feedback section later on and for the rest of the season so do let us know your thoughts Uh, but before we jump into feedback it's time to pass the reins over to little John over there little John screaming guilty guilty with his little comic corner section go little John hello everybody (laughs) <laughs> That'd be creepy, wouldn't it? <laughs> we should. We should pass it over to little John every time. Yeah. He's much better than regular John. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Go on then, anything. regular John. Go back, get back. Cause oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, come here, little John. I want to smash your head open. Anyway, so <laughs> welcome. Welcome to uh, to another... I'm going to say this is pretty disappointing, Comic Corner. Um that's okay. Straight off the bat, we've got lots of feedback, John. So don't worry, good. we've got some good, we've got some stuff. Yes, going on, so. correct. Can I, can I add something to Comic Corner you once you're done? Of course you can. Just, it might thanks. look, it might come up, thanks, it might not. Yeah, um, might do. Right, let's smash through this because there's a fairly big yeah. PTpedia. Like someone like skull. <laughs> anyway, so um, the episode title, uh, Len, you have referenced it already, but correct, it is. Um, it's the inner narration uh, that Doctor Manhattan uh, has uh, when he speaks about the yeah. um, the Vietnamese surrender. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. the uh, the line is uh, their terror of me balanced by an almost religious awe. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, bang on. Which is what we highlighted at the start of the episode in terms of the fact that treading that line between fear and awe mm-hmm. and blowing stuff up. We then yep. get loads of stuff, obviously, a big, weird, yellow, uh, yellow? Fucking hell. That didn't happen. A big yeah. blue fellow. Blue colours. <laughs> yeah. 
that's uh, that's next. We'll do shapes next yeah, week. That's next week's yeah. episode. Um, with the elephant running around as Hooded Justice, that'd be fucking hilarious, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Hooded Justice. Got no, you're not. You're not. You're not. <laughs> um, I'm Superman. What? Can't even You've fit. Got his memories as well. Yeah. Um, oh, so God. we see more of Doctor Manhattan. Um, obviously, the Vietnam War, um, which we discussed. Um, did you notice? So obviously, we get the. I'm sure you did notice him standing next to um, Neil Armstrong on the moon in the uh, oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah, cool. in the newspaper thing. Um, obviously, John Osterman as a small boy. Um, I tried to have a look at his face to go. Oh, have they tried to make him look like whoever the actor is going to be? Um, but no, they haven't. It's just some small little weird kid. Um, small weird kid. Yep, small weird kid. Oh, you know he's playing Doctor Manhattan. Old weird man. Um, so, <laughs> luckily, we've got a small weird kid that could play him before. Yeah. Um, we see the tech lithium batteries. Um, obviously, then go on to power like cars and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, Manhattan maze. Also, the uh, expose, or I guess the the hoax um, that Doctor Manhattan was giving all of his. Uh, colleagues cancer um so yeah so loads of that but look there's uh, i mean it's mm-hmm. chock-a-block of dr manhattan references so go back yeah. there's loads but i just thought i'd pick out those yeah, small it. bits um mm-hmm. so angela 1985 um so there's some clever ways yet again living in america yeah so what's the, yeah, what, yeah. Banger. Well, yeah. When did when did that come out? <clears throat> 1985. Yes, but when in 1985? <laughs> Rocky Four. <IV. sighs> okay. Rocky Four. Rocky Four's the name of the film rather than a date in a history. Month. But yeah. <laughs> green, green. <laughs> <laughs> Giraffe. It's, de- it's definitely in Rocky Four, um, though. So yeah, I it is, think yeah. it came out in um, G- June. No, it's later than that. Oh, so that would have been clever. So actually, the it? end of 1985. So yeah, it would have been would have been clever. Um, do you remember the other other famous film that we absolutely love here on this podcast? We reference the second one often, but Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, Ghostbusters two. Yeah, well, no, it's Ghostbusters. All right, so just chill out there. Too much. Okay. Um, so the Ghostbusters right, VHS. Again. So that came out in October 1985. So, All right. living in America, obviously James Brown hit associated to Rocky IV, correct? Um, correct, correct. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Um, I'm pretty sure it's December. So, okay, you know, it's there or thereabouts. It's it's close to Christmas time. Maybe, Whoa. maybe, yeah. You know, uh, Christmas is now. You know, instead of Father Christmas, you've got Manhattan Big Day. Blue Fella. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Manhattan Day. Fair enough. Be good, wouldn't it? Manhattan Day. Yeah, that's why yeah. that guy goes mental with a like rucksack. Um, <laughs> did you uh, did you pay notice to any of the other films? I tried to. No, I I, <clears throat> I specifically averted my eyes so you could tell me more. No, you didn't. <laughs> he closed so, his eyes for the whole episode. <laughs> Donald is filming. It's all right. Um, 
So obviously we see the sister knight. Um, yeah. yeah. So and we'll go on <coughs> to that actually that because PTpedia this week is all about sister knight. So I give you a little bit of a Ooh. yeah a look into that film tidbit. Yeah. So there was a film called Fog Dancing. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is what a film about dancing. Well, in low level cloud. Correct. Um, but it's also mainly mm. the film adaptation of Tales of the Black Freighter. Mm. Yeah. Oh, reference. There you go. Yet of course again. it is. Everything is. I know. Every reference that I don't get is that. It's amazing. Um, <clears throat> there's also Silk Swingers, um, which is the, like, I guess, uh, a really crass kind of exploitation, uh, at least that's what it looks like. Spectre. Of, uh, mm, yeah. yeah, Sally Jupiter, yeah. So Silk Spectre 1. I'd cool. buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sleazy bastard. So. <laughs> oh, actually, sorry, there's no squids on it. <laughs> yeah. Cancel. Anyway, so. Give you my dollar back. So, PTpedia. Um, he, go, he goes. Um, so, this week he sends uh, a little memo about um, Sister Night. So, I'm, I'm going to give you a little rundown of Sister Night. So, Sister Night belonged to a subgenre uh, called Black Mask Movies. So, responses or parodies of mask vigilantes. Uh, some are very specific. So, the Black Superman. So, that's one. Yeah. Oh. Um, there was also, uh, yeah, so Sister Night, a film called Tarantula. Um, and Batman were expressions of archetypes forged by the likes of Silhouette uh, and Night Owl. Now, weirdly enough, obviously we remember that Night Owl was actually inspired by Superman. So what what yeah, they're saying yeah. here is that Batman, the film Batman, was inspired by Night Owl, which was inspired by Superman. Weird, isn't it? That is weird. A loop, a nice loop. Yeah, loopy. Um, Superman was inspired by Night Owl. So no, it's <laughs> <that's> fascinating. <laughs> um, so they. Uh, so it goes on to say they all provided wish fulfillment fantasy that doubled as social commentary. So their implicit critique that mass vigilantes were a largely white phenomenon and a problematic one at that is now rather ironic given our discovery that hooded justice, the first mass vigilante, was William Rees, an African American. Um, mm-hmm. Now mm. I'm not going to go on to too much of this because it is quite long. You, you go look it up yourself, you lazy listeners. But um, Interestingly enough, Sister Knight gets a three-star review. Now, I'm assuming that's out of five, um, and I'm assuming yeah, must be. they do paths well, as well. IMDb um, is stars out of ten. So. No, that's true. But this is from uh, Roger Ebert, so I think he's, he's at... Oh, yeah. yeah. He's out of four. He's out of four, actually, oh. Roger Ebert. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a website. Yeah, but not in this, uh, not in this world. So, you know. Um, that's about it. Uh, oh, actually, well, one more, uh, one more note, um, which you'll quite like. So, uh, so one final note. As I write this memo, I found myself having a hunch. I placed the call to a certain movie theater in New York, the one that employed William Reeves back in 1975, uh, where the executors of Nelson Gardner's estate presented Mr. Reeves with Gardner's will. It turns out Mr. Reeves bought that theater one year later. And he's been showing Sister Night every Sunday at midnight since 2017, 
the same year Detective Abar decided to put on the mask of her childhood hero to fight crime. So he's obviously been... So you're telling me he, he he's bought a watching. cinema, he's been watching her, and ever since she became that hero, he's been playing that film. There you go. Very interesting. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So he's, he's, Lovely he's stuff. been on I've it for a, a long uh, time. I've got mm. a minor addition. Go on. If you'll indulge me. Um, and that's no. it. And that's it okay. for this week. So Moving on then. Nothing else. <laughs> Um, when uh, when when Angela gets back uh, to find the hammer to kill Cal, um, and Cal's asleep on the sofa, he's been reading a book. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody notice what the book was? Was I can't remember, but I do remember it. Um, it's uh, uh, it's Hemingway, isn't it? It is Hemingway. It's uh, for for whom the bell tolls. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that is a book that is about um. An American who fights in the the Spanish Civil War, and you know the themes of like guilt and stuff around kind of fighting in a war, guilty, and guilty, killing people that guilty, maybe don't, guilty. shouldn't, <laughs> maybe he shouldn't be in, involved in that war. And I wonder whether that's a little nod to Doctor Manhattan, who obviously was involved in the Vietnam War, possibly, oh. yeah. Um, Unfairly, and, and yeah, good have, that. have done it. That's the smartest thing Gareth has ever said. So it's good that. Well done. Well, and he didn't even I use think, his little notepad. I think you forgot about my little pig pun earlier. Yeah, that was pretty good to be mm. fair. Yeah. Uh, and John let us down by not getting one straight away. Yeah. Exactly. Just screaming ham at me. Now, um, bacon. <laughs> yeah, <makes sense. laughs> uh, let's move on to listener feedback. Yep, got lots of feedback this week, guys. Uh, most of it relating to last week's episode, because as I said, we had so much flying in last week whilst it was going on, whilst we were recording, mm. that I would push some to this week. And we do have a couple of pieces on this week's as well. Let's start off with Mike Allen. Minutemen, he says. Nice. What a phenomenal... This is talking about last week's episode. What a phenomenal episode of television and what is becoming maybe my favourite series ever. The topic of race relations in America, both currently and in history, can be an uncomfortable one. Hence, one that is avoided in Mm. daily conversations, let alone being the driving force of a HBO series. As a man of colour, I am always grateful to see representation in major media and also in getting a truer glimpse uh, of reality for people of colour in that era. The idea that Hooded Justice was actually a black man Nice call on that, by the way, disguised as a white man, because even as a police officer, he was not allowed to uphold justice, adds so much to the Watchmen universe and adds such a meaningful dynamic to the origin of masked vigilantism. Uh, Here's some of his other thoughts. Uh, so many parallels, but Will Reeves and Su- between Will Reeves and Superman, physically imposing uh, the Reeves surname, um, the Tulsa massacre is similar to the destruction of Krypton having an alter ego slash hidden identity uh, and married to a reporter. Very true. Mm. Didn't think about that. Mm. Very good. Didn't think about that. Uh, I always wondered why this show is set in Tulsa, but after episode five, it's clear that New York City is not the metropolis that it, that it is in our world. So maybe there was a mass migration uh, to the American Midwest. Mm. Also a good point. Mm. In regard to Ozzy's story, I think we just need to look at the stranded sailor in Tales of the Black Freighter. He will end up losing his connection to humanity and going mad. And then he's put in brackets. Can I say that? Because obviously you can't say anything these days, can you? You can't say mad. 
Um, you can't. You've decided we can't say mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Lastly, what else has Will Reeves done with his mesmerism between the fifties and twenty nineteen? Yeah, what's I, he ever done? Yeah, and he's <laughs> he's with me. He's what's he done? He's with me on this. I think there's a strong chance that the Millennium Tower will be a large scale mesmerizing device. Mm. Yeah. Oh, right. That's where you got the yeah, idea that is where you got from. No. Well done. No. Mike. Yeah. No. Well I had, done, Mike, for giving me Len and Mike, all of his ideas. We're on the same, yeah. So, well not done, that. Mike. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to share my thoughts. I absolutely love this show so far, and hope it finishes strong. Mm. I heard this may be a one and done season. Do you have any insight in that regard? I certainly hope we get more than nine episodes. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for that, Mike. Thanks, uh, Mike. Question to the group then, quickly. It would be a travesty to only have one season of this show. Correct. Correct. It feels like a three-season sort of thing for me, similar to how The Leftovers was. I kind of felt you didn't need... And Lindelof did the same thing. When you watch The Leftovers, you watch the first season, you're like, well, it doesn't need to be another season. Mm. You you could finish it and go, oh, that was good. Um, but he kept coming back and creating an interesting story um, yeah. every single season. So I have full faith that he has the capability to do it. Does he want to do it? Does he want to stay around in this universe? The The issue they've got is I think critically the show is doing extremely well. I think audience-wise the numbers are low. But I don't think anyone should worry about that because the leftovers viewing figures were terrible. <laughs> and they got three seasons. <laughs> so it's, And you still watch it. So, uh, no, yeah. They were terrible. And, and the thing is HBO knew that the show was excellent because yeah. they were getting great reviews. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they decided to stick with it because they don't really give a fuck about the ratings, to be honest well, with you. They care well. about the critical acclaim that their show... No, they they care more about the acclaim well. their shows get. If this was The Walking Dead or the AMC, 100% it would get cancelled. Yeah, okay. But it's not going to. Well, I hope so. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm predicting here, but Lindelof is so passionate about Watchmen yeah. um, that I think he would love to stick around in this yeah. universe for for a bit longer well yeah i i and i i, I hope he does i think th- i think it might be a one and done to be honest um and it kind of as i said last week i think the only way that they could really do it would be almost to go back in time like do something slightly different yeah um yeah 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 go back to when dinosaurs were around no, too far. <laughs> I did that in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guilty. No, well, look, um, yeah. I, I mean, you know what they need to do, don't you, to to get the viewership up and absolutely smash it and get loads of, you know, get the series green lit for another 20 seasons, get films made, you know, make loads of money, is, uh, you know, Dr. Manhattan has to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's that's what you do, don't you? Oh my god, that would be amazing. Has to um, happen, doesn't it? Wonder if it will be John Cena that we see <laughs> next week. So thanks, thanks for your feedback there, Mike. <laughs> I hope we answered that question uh, suitably. Uh, Todd Bradley has had this to say, and this is talking about he's got two things. Let's talk about last week's episode first, then we'll move on to this week's episode. Uh, last week's episode, um, what an episode! Lindelof is just showing off at this point. There are so many things to talk about. I feel like this episode will require multiple viewings. That is true. Um, you know, the the choice of black and white colours telling the story of William was brilliant. Such cool metaphors for what that means and represents. For example, his mother playing the piano was always in colour when he was still innocent to the world. After Tulsa, he sees the world from a different viewpoint. Like Angela says, she and Topher see the world in black and white. Well, apparently, so does William. Oh, nice. Um, 
The Delhi scene told from Williams POV was so brilliant that as it was happening, I couldn't help but smile at the genius of Lindelof. How in American mm-hmm. Hero Story, Hooded Justice jumps in to stop the robbers. In reality, he jumped out of the window to escape. I love that sort of stuff. He says, and he's given loads more, but we have to cram a lot in here and want to talk about what he thinks about this episode. He says, there's dozens of other things he loved in the episode. Um, He gave it five blueberries. Uh, He says, as always, thanks for doing a great show. You know, so that's good. Mm, On this episode, he said, the elephant in the room moment, again, just shows Lindelof showing off. Uh, Not sure, sure if you caught it, but True's company logo resembles an elephant. Yeah, so that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. So yeah. that was good. good um, my last thought is a question: If this story is all Lindelof has for the show, what era or timeline in the Watchmen world would you guys like to see adapted next, if any? And John, you sort of talked about then mm. that just then about going to a different time period. Would you say that going to the sixties and or not six? Well, the Minutemen, the original Minutemen, would be the way to go. Sorry, so I think it's the forties, isn't it? Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, not not set in that time, but it would be cool to see, right? Like a story running from that time that would then kind of make sense to tie into a timeline further along. Not not necessarily now, but certainly like I don't know, uh, nineteen fucking sixty eight and nineteen eighty eight, like yeah. something random like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Good there's, I mean, there's so much material there for them. You know, I mean, the Doomsday Clock itself. There is. I'm not suggesting that they do that, but you know, mm. how about Vite's like plans rather than just watch a five minute VHS about it? How about you know the aftermath of that? And you know, like, there's so much to see. Like, we haven't even seen yeah. um, Night Owl two yet, so. <laughs> I know. You know, it feels like there's yeah, so much story true. to be told. Um, and if you could in- intersperse that with um, the comedian, you know, back in the day before yeah. he gets thrown out of a fucking window, then, you know, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler warning that would for be good. comedian. But, yeah. yeah. So something like that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Todd. On to Joseph Caruso. Joey Caruso. Hey, it's Joey Caruso. JC. He says, holy shit, guys. I just flew back into Chicago uh, from California tonight uh, and just had to catch up on Watchmen episode six. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, is fan critical's funny man John really Dr. Manhattan who can see the future? Yeah, yeah, There you yeah. go. Turns out you're not. It is Cal. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you were to smash my It was my between you open, two, though. I... Yeah, I dare you. I dare yeah. you. Guilty. He gives guilty. it an entire guilty. Yeah, guilty. He gives it. He gives the episode an entire bushel of blueberries and nice. says uh, thanks to us for for the pod. He also has some other feedback. He said that we mentioned that the other Minutemen were blurred, probably because they haven't casted the other actors yet. Yeah. But Ooh. and this is true. Yes. After we recorded. Uh, HBO's Watchmen did release a still of the Minutemen all posing like they were in the film and in the graphic novel. Yeah. And have we seen it? And yes, we have seen it. Yeah. Um, do I think that has any bearing on any actors they cast in the future? No. no. Um, but it was a cool photo, I have to say. And it just always makes me laugh how hilarious their outfits are back in the 40s. So <laughs> <laughs> silly, silly outfits. Um, so that was very good. Thank you for that, uh, Joey Caruso. Joseph Caruso. Um, Diana our hour has had this to say 
Uh, first and foremost, thanks for being awesome. No, thank you. Thank you for listening. It's good, isn't it? Absolutely love your podcast. Definitely five bloobs. And if anyone does think that, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We really do love those. Yes. Uh, two thoughts on the episode. It may be a tiny uh, insignificant aspect of the series, but it seems uh, that talk about three has like some importance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> it seems that three has some importance lady true gave uh clark's the clark's three minutes to, to decide uh whether they take the offer uh we are the three minute men that's yep. not in her notes but i'm just riffing on this yep. uh, in episode four william tells lady true that in three days something would happen william's uh apartment number is episode in episode six <laughs> is is 313 his badge number is 3071 again maybe it's nothing but thought it was interesting Mm, I like that his apartment is episode three. Hey, look, it works for us as a same <laughs> point. Three minute men, three is very important. So we definitely agree with three you. Three is better. I think that the idea of William being an unreliable narrator is interesting. Memories are, by nature, unreliable. While we see all of these memories through Angela in episode six, we are, necess- uh, we are necessarily only seeing the things that William remembers and in the way that he remembers them. I am interested to see if they somehow play on this idea and challenge some of his memories as being inaccurate to create a big reveal. Mm. Thanks again. Love you guys. Uh, so that is interesting. We did mention the unreliable thing last week and mm. they still have a bit of scope for that. But uh, it seems that they're doubling down on the fact that these are actually things that he experienced. So it'd be interesting to see. But I'm sure... Like with this episode, there's many more twists and turns to come, and I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Mike Zuckman has had this to say. What's up, Minutemen? What's up? What's up, Mike? What's up? Episode seven was insane, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. I hope we have done a good job there. I read <laughs> recently that Damon Lindelof is probably not returning for a season two of Watchmen. Amazing. And I'm curious to know if you guys think there will be a second season. And if so, would you be interested in the show returning with a different showrunner? Thanks, Mike. Uh, and then he says, P.S. Len, please do another impression of Adrian Wright. And I told you I can't this week because he just, you know, farted. And I don't think that's appropriate for Gareth no. in the little room. No. Bless his little cotton socks. Yeah. Um, I'll answer this one uh, first and foremost. I haven't seen anything saying that he's not going to do a season two. I think I think HBO are just waiting to see what happens and then they'll approach him. What, in terms of changing a showrunner... Uh, I think I wouldn't have an issue with that as long as I trusted the new showrunner. Now, the issue that Game of Thrones had is that Benioff and Vice were so arrogant that they couldn't give the reins over to someone else. If they didn't want to do the show anymore, they didn't want to give the reins to anyone else to do it properly. Hmm. And they rushed it through and they refused to change the showrunner. And I think HBO will learn you know, from that in a way, and go, well, you know what, if, if we want another series, we can give it to another showrunner. They are capable. There are other directors out there who will do a fantastic job. I think Lindelof's the best person for the job, and I think he's proving that this season. But there must be other ones out there who I, can do a good job. So I I'm don't not, agree. Uh, well, uh, he's but, done, he's like, because he, he cares so passionately about Watchmen, mm. and I think that's why, that's part of the reason that he's doing it. Yeah. such justice. Unless there's somebody who is at Lindelof levels yeah. and cares about Watchmen law as much as he does. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, a relatively small pool. Like it's not, a, it's, it's a, it's a fair, it's a relatively niche um, market, you know, yeah. pool, the, the, the like massive Watchmen fan. Yeah. Um, and, and then within that, you're looking for somebody who's going to be as expert at, 
a, a TV program maker yeah. as Lindelof is. Yeah, it's a hard ask. It is a hard ask, but yeah. I would be, you know, just in terms of meeting up with you guys and talking about it, and then for the listeners as well. Like, I think it'd be a shame if we didn't get to cover this show in a second season. I mean, I'm just speaking from a very selfish well, point yeah, of view we here, watch but it, definitely, yeah, we want to watch it, we want to see it, and and I think, look, don't, I wouldn't be afraid to let another showrunner take over. What do you think, John? Yeah, um, <clears throat> get that Scott Gimple in from. Uh, Walking Dead, isn't it? Oh my God! Then it would definitely die a death. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, who could they get in? Well, that is a very good question, uh, and one that I, you know what, listeners, if you have another suggestion for any other showrunners that could do a good job on this, please do let us know. Um, you know that is the end of the feedback this week, but I want to know more of these questions and your thoughts on this episode. So please mm. do email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love the reviews. We love um, just the support we've been getting this season has been fantastic. Yeah. And it's the most fun uh, we've had podcasting for a very long time, uh, us three meeting up. Because none of the gills are in it. Uh, it's not the reason. No. Um, but uh, we, we do. We still podcast well, with them on Wednesdays on Castle Rock Critical. So I check don't. that out. But uh, it has been great fun. Uh, I'm sad the show's almost over. But please do send us your thoughts, send us your support and uh, keep listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. I want to thank my lovely uh, Minutemen, uh, Gareth, for being with me today in the early hours. Thank thank you for not farting. Yeah, no worries. That. I'll save that for another time. And uh, I want to thank my lovely Minuteman, John, mm. over there in London. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. No, no worries. It was a lot of fun. Uh, two episodes to go. Um, and I can't wait to see... That Angela and Manhattan love story, which I think we're going to get next week. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Let us know your thoughts. No tentacles in that, though. No, probably not. Well, um, maybe. Or he can turn into anything. He can turn into mm. anything. So, mm-hmm. if anything, more tentacles. Right. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed for you. Uh, and we will be watching The Watchmen. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. See ya. Bye.